going on, guys? This is another episode of Making the Magic. Mama, oh. magic. Our brewing magic. Oh. <laughs> Jonah just goes, Ugh. Things are so <laughs> rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is the post episode for episode 13. If you are listening, thank you for subscribing to our Patreon. We yeah, love thank you. you very much. Or this could be the episode that we actually post on our live feed in as, that a little, case, as a little teaser. We don't love you. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No, no, no. Seriously, if you're taking the time out of your day to listen to this, we do genuinely no, love we, you. No, we love you. We love you a lot. <laughs> oh my God. Speak you just got a kiss. <laughs> we just kissed. Kiss ASMR like we're fucking YouTubers. <laughs> Hi, honey. I think we have to start with our. With our <laughs> no one will subscribe to our Patreon if we do this. <laughs> wow. I pay $5 a month for my ears to get assaulted. <laughs> Good Lord. Are we going to start with most surprising moment and then uh, best moment? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'll let a I'll do a I'll do a, a peek behind the screen. There were two scenes that were recorded and the recording got deleted, so we re-recorded them right after. So they were slightly different. <laughs> and my most surprising moment is in the second re-record when me and Jonah were like, oh, this is definitely a themed party, right? <laughs> that was so funny. It was the best change that happened. Because when we did it previously, we're like, yeah, let's just dress up kind of cute and like popular kids. It'll be great. And this time we're like, there's got to be a theme. <laughs> like, we're going to need to guess it. <laughs> and the fact that primal uh, fear were the words that came out of my mouth fucking and you didn't change you could have had time to be like oh no I want to pick this instead no, like, nah, yes. primal fear locked and loaded well, baby I switched to breakfast club and then Ted was like that doesn't really work for you and Parker's like okay it's not that it doesn't work it's just already what you wear all the time <laughs> that's very true for though the goth girl in breakfast club yes she wears 80 layers of shit and long skirts but this time they're in black <laughs> you Big said they difference. were black before I'm pretty sure <laughs> No, they were always in like grandma colors, like earth tones. What are grandma colors, like sun pale purple. Yeah, like pastel pink yeah. and like some earth tones, like okay. cream. All right. So that was the that was my most surprising moment was the fact that it suddenly for Ted and Parker became a costume party. What was your favorite? I mean, my favorite moment I participated in. Yeah, I liked when I was like, I'll do it. Hell yeah. Uh, and decided to do the keg first, and then it absolutely sucked, and then Ted saved my ass. That was fun. I liked that. <laughs> also, when Ted first backstabbed Brandon, my jaw hit the fucking floor, y'all. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> my most surprising moment was probably choking the fucking chase the chaser game at the last moment i thought i had that shit in the bag sad day i thought it was mine sad only lost by four four points on the dice roll i rolled a two so ass my favorite moment was probably brandon's reaction to ted becoming what he is now doing (laughs) at this party is it still jv yeah oh the god the rivalry is growing deeper I take it back. That is also my favorite moment. (laughs) And also the most surprising moment. Man, scratch everything I said. (laughs) For me, my most surprising moment is the whole fucking thing with Ted. I was not expecting him come at me like that. I kind of figured you were going to play along with that because, you know, we had a little bit of a discussion a few episodes back. But to not expect you to try to do it on my own turf with my own friends, my own clique. Honestly, a little earth shattering. (laughs) Yeah. Out of all the magic shit that he's done, like, that's all impressive. But what he did then was like, whoa. Ted villain arc. Ted villain arc. (laughs) And my favorite moment is probably the very end with Ramsey Skinner. Mm. Because I was not expecting to see him again. 
And everything he said was completely valid. <laughs> Complete <laughs> sense. Fucking stole from him. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks when the bad guy is right. Yeah. I mean, he's right, but he also, like, grossly glossed over the fact that he totally bullied you guys and said, like, get out of my woods, kid. I think he did threaten us physically first. <laughs> yeah, he did. And not to I, mention, he, probably he fucking brought brass knuckles. And then he got rocked. Yeah. Then he got rocked. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, hey, remember last time when you threatened us physically and then we absolutely rocked your shit? Well, I can do it again. Because I definitely did it last time. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on them, though, because the guy who brings a baseball bat to a fight always gets fucked up. Oh, yeah. Without fail in every video I've ever seen. (laughs) I will say this is very not close to any high school party that I went to. (laughs) (laughs) I'd hope not. Good Lord. Oh, my most surprising moment was probably when... (laughs) <laughs> Jonah was doing magic out in the real world and he rolled a 97 or 90 something 94 whatever it was past why did we all remember it was a 94 because it was like out of all the shit he, yeah out of all the shit he could have rolled you guys have an 81% chance of failure at your level that you're at right now. And we've only ever passed. And you've only passed. Well, here's at level the, for the very first time. Here's the thing I feel like, especially with, I guess with your character specifically, every time Ted needs to get by to make the story go a little bit like mm-hmm. in that direction he wanted it to go, for whatever reason, the dice always make sure that he passes his check I'm at that you. moment. <laughs> sometimes it taketh, sometimes it giveth. <laughs> yeah. The dice gods are the real directors of this show. They really are. <laughs> they're, they're fucking making it work. My favorite moment was probably I hate for both of my favorite moments my surprising and favorite are both Ted but the first sentence that came out of his fucking mouth when he talked to the popular kids and it was so just posh and lackadaisical it was cool like it was (laughs) genuinely like okay no persuasion required I'm convinced like god damn this was a really good Ted episode and also a really good Brandon episode this Mm -hmm. was a very like little peek behind Ted and Brandon for this one the rivalry does not stop yeah and it it kind of fuels both of you yeah definitely yeah mm. it was it's pretty it was good. interesting i'm I, just chilling <laughs> just behind the curtain before that one audio track got deleted we took a little break got some dinner and i was kind of talking to christian oh yeah and i because i know what's going to happen i knew that ramsey was going to show up but i'm like what if i make this not a great time before shit hits the fan what if i keep the tension rising and rising and then a new enemy shows up so i I'm, i was trying to plant the seed of like hey like you've had a lot of time and effort to get in high standings in this social circle and he's gotten it in like 5 seconds the fuck is that about? And then we just let let the whole thing happen, and it came beautifully. So did it take Brandon any time and effort to be popular? I figured he was just, like, born with that. I mean, when you're on the football team, if you're kind of shit on the football team, people will yeah, you make still fun get of shit you. On. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You but, gotta be good on the sports team in order to be... Yeah, it was funny when uh, Dustin... I went talk to me about it because I was like, oh yeah, that was totally. I was like, that was already in the back of my mind. I was like, this motherfucker's gonna walk in here, try to fucking outplay me in my house. You're like, nah. And I think the funniest part is that Brandon is actually the one who enabled it because I would have never cast the spell if Brandon hadn't told me my outfit was ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny how that comes around. So good, karma's a. backfired immensely yeah what i really loved about it i love the dynamic between brandon and ted it complements itself yeah very well the whole reason i went uh because i I was trying to be a little subtle about it but the reason i want to go touch ted and fucking put my hand on his shoulder was yeah to check 
if it really was his clothes or if it was an illusion. And the second it went through, I was like, kind of like got under Brandon's skin. This asshole. Yeah, I was like, he did it. He fucking cast magic in the the real world world. with no consequences. I haven't even tried that. Yeah. And I was saying, that's... (laughs) And it's going to be, oh, man, like, this episode for sure got Brandon's blood a little heated. I might mm-hmm. need to heal one of y'all next episode. Good luck. Oh, I didn't even restock my healers Yeah, kit. I was going to say, because we're in the human world. If you want to fight, it's got to be a regular fight. I'm going to turn into a spider and leave. You can try. My concern is that my fucking thing is... You know, because mine is physical more than it is anything else. I will say casting a rage does invoke the same invoke the, okay. magic table. I'm assuming wild shape. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild shape yeah. is also involved in that. Yeah. Because mine is so tied down to my emotions and playing as like, you know, playing it in character. Uh, yeah. Ted for sure got under Brandon's skin. And now we got a fight going on. And now one of Brandon's friends got hurt because of Ramsey. There's a lot to unpack in the next episode for sure. Mm. Who was your guy? I was. I knew I threw a lot of new NPCs at you, but who was your favorite NPC? Uh, for me, I have to say it was Hollywood. Hollywood? Yeah, I like the concept. I like the concept that the football player that they won play. Yep. <laughs> I liked Jake, the second-year senior, Jake Dixon, who is the second-year senior who also grows weed in his closet. Yeah, he he's my favorite. He to live off the land someday. <laughs> fact that he's like nah dude i get to stay because i flunked shit (laughs) (laughs) i I want you to get more stoner kid time yeah i'm gonna need to work my way in there i liked making their dynamic what about you jenna who do you like as an npc uh mine was keg because he was the one who bonded about being in a trailer right yeah um yeah he was super chill um, he reminded me of some of the really chill, popular kids I've known who just like are popular because they're chill. It's like, damn, this dude's just legit. Yeah. <laughs> now, who is your least favorite NPC? Least sure, favorite NPC. Give it to me. Uh, Kim. I was just about to say right. same thing. <laughs> Killed off next episode. <laughs> no, no. Did not say or do anything. Yeah, I was, no, I was trying to throw it. I honestly, I had a lot more NPCs that were supposed to be in this, but the more that time ran, I'm like, oh fuck, we got to get going. I wanted to try and engage with Kim just because I think Parker talking to a popular girl would mm. be a different conversation than For sure. Parker talking to any of the guys. I was actually thinking the same thing. I was going to talk to Kim, but then kind of we got into the little rivalry, the little testosterone fight, and. I kind of got sidetracked. I feel like you and Kim like didn't date, but I feel like you might have had a thing. Ooh. 22. 22. Yeah. 22. <laughs> That's also an interesting point. It might have gone very differently if there were more popular girls around because they definitely Fair. tend to be the ones who are like the sentry turrets of the popular group. Mm. The second somebody else wanders in, it's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was saying this the other day off mic. But it was like in my DM's tool belt, I feel so not uncomfy, but just not as confident playing female characters because I really don't want to misconstrued anything. And I just want to play like good characters, but I don't want to play it like it's a girl. I want to play just a good character. But I feel like sometimes when I get flirty as a female character, it's like, oh, that that's really like, I feel like I could play it better than I do. So I try to stay away from them. I think Mrs. Duchansky was plenty for flirty for a female <laughs> character. <laughs> I was going to say this. Sometimes like, a, I think specifically, I mean, I'm not at the M, so I don't have no fucking idea. But uh, wouldn't it be like sometimes leaning into the tropes to just start off a character and then yeah. maybe change the tropes up, you know, just to 
show me. This is how we're going to introduce them, but obviously they're not completely like that. Yeah, know? no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I know for me when I, because, you know, I, I like to draw when I design characters, when that I also fall into that category of I'm not too comfortable drawing female characters. Mm-hmm. Because uh, me as a guy, I'm like, I'm not kidding. And it just, sometimes it just feels different. Like I can automatically be like, uh, this is, you know, like I feel like me as a guy, I'm misguided to like, Exactly. At the same time, it's also like, well, there's tropes there for a reason. They're not all good, but, you know, it could be a starting off point and then move away from that Mm -hmm. as time goes on. This is funny because as a genderqueer person, I was like, well, it's not hard for me. (laughs) I'm like, because I write and I write both men and women and non-binary characters. And I'm like, people are people. Mm. I think for for me, what it comes down to is like, there's a difference between playing a 14 year old girl because that is such a specific time in your life. Versus in a 14-year-old boy, it's a, it's a different high school. There are different dynamics. But I'm very much from the root of who the character is and then how their gender impacts that versus this is a girl. So let's start with a girl voice and then adjust that mm-hmm. to get to who they are. I guess I should rephrase. I am a lot more comfortable playing Connie, the academic, mm. rather than Kim, the cheerleader. Is it because you don't want to do like a valley girl, like I'm a cheerleader? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to play into any sort of like stereotype. Yeah. Can I flirt with Christian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on, oh, flirt fuck, with me. But I can flirt with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. It's a double-edged sword Opportunity for sure. Opportunity missed. Yeah. Well, that's also you're putting yourself in a tough spot because... You're playing a popular girl in yeah. high school. Yeah. And I'm like, there's not much I can do to save myself from yeah. that. But also, I mean, people don't talk like that. Sometimes they do. But also, you, you've got a very tricky task of having to differentiate vocally between characters. It's very true. Because, like, we can't see who we're talking to. And you just threw, like, 16 people at us. And you're like, let me come up with 16 funny different voices. <laughs> I always have some suspension of disbelief in terms of a voice. in the, Insofar as that, like, it has to be exaggerated, like, facial expressions on the stage play in order to get the actual tone across. So when you're in a tabletop role-playing game, it's not really, like, an accurate representation of what that actual voice may sound like. It's mm. more like a depiction of what the tone is. Yeah. yeah. It's all about tone. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, like the Valley Girl accent. I mean, yes, it's stereotypical, but it, when you talk in the Valley Girl accent, we'll know exactly who we're talking to. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. I mean, go ahead. No, I was just <laughs> thinking about intonation and like something that is so telling of different people isn't necessarily their actual voice, but the way that they speak. Mm-hmm. Right now, hypothetically, I'm being very specific and deliberate with the words I choose, but I cannot change my voice at all. And I can talk about like a totally different thing and kind of ramble and just kind of like say a bunch of words and it's like my voice hasn't changed but the way that i talk has changed and that gives you a totally different type of character Mm -hmm. so like you can do someone with a feminine sounding voice who's not a valley girl but she might just have like a lot of women were trained to do an upward inflection at the end of their sentences so that people keep listening to them and also because pretending to be less smart than you are thing like making everything sound like a question so that men like you and um (laughs) that you do without a valley girl accent any accent can have an upward inflection at the end of the sentence god scottish oh <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I mean I don't come from a theater background, so this is like a first time I've heard about a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, theater background and just like I studied gender. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, I feel I feel like vocally, be, being a voice actor, I got into my range. I'm like a born baritone, so I can I can go deep. I can do my regular tone, which is somewhere in the medium, 
And then I can go all the way up and I am like a little boy, but like I don't have anything that kind of is accurate for like a feminine medium tone. It just my range skips that section. So if I have to put something on, it's got to be in my regular voice. Yeah, Mm. I do this thing. Christian could probably tell you better than I do for most of the female characters in my games. It's just a timbre change Mm -hmm. and like a tempo change in terms of sentences. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't do much, much, much of a pitch differential in the first place. But I have had like recently I've had a character who is a lot more like very stereotypically over communicative so that's been fun to play with in terms of fucking rambling about a ton of shit mm-hmm. i think you do a great job differentiating between and i mean this is just because it happens together between nona and the grandfather because you're playing two people the same age and you're just changing your voice to reflect the personality right and that's it like you're not putting on an old lady voice for nona you're still just using an old person voice but the way you talk changes and it's reflective of her personality and how overbearing and or concerned she is right so laid back versus the helicopter Mm -hmm. and going from there is more allows for more dynamics maybe i don't know what do i know (laughs) but speaking of voices i love the way you do kev the lev i don't know what it is about it (laughs) i forgot his voice for like the first couple things i said in him and i was like yeah yeah up here yeah bro and i I was (laughs) was kind of hoping that that section was the part that got deleted but no so so i um that's the re-educate myself on that it's the energy yeah. That's what you change for Kev the Lev. He's just he's just living on Red Bull. Like yep. no, we're he's back, living baby. On Monster. We're back. we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back. From where I don't know, but we're here, babe. He's like, sorry, I did take a hit before I came to this party. I feel like he's the guy where you're like, oh, you smoke weed? I really wouldn't expect that from you. Because like, he's just so, I feel like he's a major sativa guy, if anything. Mm-hmm. Just like super high energy, but he's also like very chill. Yeah, yeah. balances out the meth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, he, he, I kind of get the vibe that he's someone that everyone's like, man, Kev is so goofy. And it's like, no, he's genuinely just a little bit high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's that one coworker that's if they're on schedule everything's gonna be okay if they're on the same shift as me we're gonna be fine and apparently he's also a simp according to kayla yeah i think he's <laughs> in love that. with brandon i mean maybe it's me making everything gay again maybe but like Maybelline. yeah kev's a little bit in love with brandon <laughs> maybe i love a good trope I, I don't think you know how hard some of these high school bromances go oh yeah yeah i mean i <laughs> it's like I, watch a, it's like I watch a lot of anime i, mean, I, get it. I guess sometimes like in high school especially you hold on to like one person mm-hmm. really hard yeah it does kind of feel like a bromance there well, i right. also love the sidekick in love with the person they follow trope mm. ah. i love that okay i'm a romance bravo yeah yeah i fucking love Brava. actually Brava kicks ass Gentle's like my favorite villain in Oh, Mario. me too. I don't I'm know really? why. I have Dude. no idea why, but he just is. Whenever I watch I love him, I'm his like, because he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Because he's not really a villain. No, he's yeah. a, it's, it's just a dude. Okay, can I drop a manga spoiler? Yeah. It's not. It, I'm just going to say Gentle and Labrava come back. No uh, way. Yes. You Woo! get to see them again. <laughs> yeah, baby. That was the exact reaction I had. I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking shit. There's a song on YouTube. Labrava, grab the uh, By a guy I think named Rustage or Daddy Fat Schnapps, one of the two. But they just do anime raps. Yeah. And one I of them is Gentle Criminal. No. And it slaps oh, so gentle hard. Gentle and now I have an entire playlist of anime music. Yeah. That makes that me guy. feel 
feel like my high school self would beat up my 24-year-old <laughs> self. <laughs> like, See, I was talking about Kirari Umubami and Sayaka Igarashi. Sayaka Igarashi? Yeah, from uh, Kakaguri. So the lesbians. But yeah, no, this is also... Also, gentle criminal in La Brava, I guess they're cool. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Like you know, now you brought that up of the whole high school and yourself. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how much you've changed over For the real. years. Because I remember back in the day, I barely let anybody know I watched anime, and now I'm wearing like fucking anime T-shirts and yep. just brandishing it all over the place. What I was can't. It? Sorry. No, you go first. Mine's off topic. I can't tell if it's because of our age or it's because of the world has changed. Mm-hmm. Because it's either anime's just become a little bit more well known and enjoyed by the general populace or it's that people our age are more accepting to things like that well i think it's a little bit of a mixture of both because i also think you know once you get older you kind of stop caring about what other people think anyway genuinely to keep it on my hero academia i'm gonna blame my hero academia because it got really popular and it's everything people want from a tv show it just happens to be anime, and I feel like it was a gateway for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Just like X-rated Sky High. Sh- sure. I mean, <laughs> I watched a couple shows in secret as like a middle schooler, and that was it. And then Dustin's like, you got to watch this anime. And I was like, all right, I like this guy. I'll watch his anime. And that was it for me. I was like, this is good shit. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm moving to Texas to be a voice actor. <laughs> I will so- dedicate my life to this crap. That's so funny. Because I think my gateway anime, and I didn't even know it was anime at the time, was Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z. Oof, good <laughs> Sunday morning cartoon. Yeah. Oh, everyone want to share their first anime? Uh, Dragon Ooh. Ball Z. Yeah, I was going to say probably the same for me, but Inuyasha. Inuyasha. Uh, Tokyo Mew Mew. Tokyo Mew Mew. It's a magical girl anime. (laughs) Well, my first one was Dragon Ball, but that's like, you know, mixed mast episodes, whatever's on TV. The first one I actually like watched in succession was Death Note. Good answer. I don't know. Says the person with a hedgehog named Kira. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, I don't know about this. Do we consider Avatar the last Airbender anime? Are we going to open that can of worms? You know what? It's Western made. It's it's Western made, but it still has a stylistic anime influence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's an anime in the way that a hot dog is not a sandwich. It's originally recorded in English, right? Yeah. 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 So I would say no. Okay, yeah, cool. I would say all anime would have to be originally recorded in Japanese. Well, now that we're ta- we were talking about the whole like accepting kind of it, because I will say that Avatar: Last Airbender helped me out a lot in mm. when I started watching it was in high school because mm. I and this is something you know the little sneak peek to what I want to do. This is something that I kind of want to do with Brandon, and it's the fact that I growing up had such an idealized version of what a man is supposed to be, and watching that show kind of made me go the other direction and be like i don't want to be like ozai i want to be like iroh yeah Mm. yeah and that was like that's when i kind of like kind of took a step back and was Mm. like kind of because i mean i was kind of a bad kid in high school but i like took a step back and i watched what i was saying what i was doing and then i was like yeah like no like why would i want to be ozai when iroh is so much cooler you know and that kind of like turned kind of turned that like uh idea on me so that's kind of one kind of what i want to do with brandon which is why i kind of made him a little more dickish god the world would be so much better if everyone just had to watch the entirety of Avatar. <laughs> Maybe it's go to therapy like mandate. once or twice. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. Is there anything we want to plug before we end up this episode? Uh, no. Yes. Yes, there is. Yes, okay. there is. If anyone's listening to this, and I know uh, two of our patrons, hi, Eddie, and also my mom, I've already said this too. <laughs> um, 
I found the best webtoon. Oh god! It's called Chasing Tales. Hey. It is. It runs in uh, uh, the present and also the past, and also another past. But essentially, it's about uh, nine kids that get stuck in a second level basement during a building collapse, and they get rescued fourteen days later, and only six of them are alive. And they're trying to piece together what happened to the three kids that didn't make it out. So good. If you like mysteries, <laughs> if you like dark and spooky stuff, very dark, very spooky. Um, yeah, that's what I'm plugging. Topical. It's a uh, little topical. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I just want to always, you know, like always, man. Thank you guys very much for listening. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it means it means so much that you guys are even spending a little bit of your time, you know, to mm-hmm. listen to us. So I just always want to plug that in at the very end whenever Hell we can. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say, you make is... me sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing I'm going to say is I'm going to encourage you patrons to abuse the heck out of some of the privileges we give you, like uh, submitting extra credit questions, because I know we got to use one from Colin, a.k.a. the stuttering GM. The only and it was good fantastic. Uh, fuck off. And, uh, <laughs> go, uh, go, Dragon Ball. <laughs> and also to uh, submit questions that we can answer during this portion of our show in our post credit. Anything you have to ask about the show, about background information, about some of the lore, about questions about the characters, questions about us, questions about our lives. Just anything you want to ask, I want to be able to open this up more like a conversation, less than a podcasting. Yeah, I would well, love that. <laughs> I would really love that. We yeah. want to know what you want to know. Because like, I can monologue for 45 minutes so about can. the last two hours. So yeah. can I. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. Jonah, you want to plug anything? Uh, nah, just thank everybody for listening once again. It's always a good time sharing this with everybody. Yeah, Jonah looks like he's about to pass out. I'm <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I'm Dustin. I'm Kayla. I'm Jonah. The one and only Christian. And this has been Making the Magic. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye. I'm actually more spiritual. <laughs> <laughs>